Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Palette Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson, a podcast for those seeking the ultimate in wine, food, and travel. Each week, she interviews winemakers, chefs, celebrities, and guests that shape the way we enjoy life. Um, where are we? So now here we are, 2021. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm getting old. And, um, and we were making, uh, we make about 165 cases off the vineyard and then uh, we buy a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc from down in Rutherford uh, from Tom Gamble's ranch and we make um, 80 cases of Sauvignon Blanc. So we're still a really small project. Uh, we're um, just trying to do the best uh, version of what we have. One of the best Sauvignon Blancs I've ever had. That, that was John Giannini's first Sauvignon Blanc. Without hates, any doubt. He said, I don't want to make Sauvignon Blanc, but I'll make it for you. <laughs> so. it's, it's extraordinary. I've had the pleasure of tasting it, and Gamble is one of the best wine growers, period, bar none. So it's so. in a real Sancerre style, and I think it's beautiful. It really goes well with food. And yeah. So this gallery, how did we get to this gallery? Um, I was starting to have to travel around a lot with, you know, less than 300 cases of wine. And I was, I, I have remarried. My husband, George, had me living down in Palo Alto. And it was just hard to, you know, figure out how I'm going to sell this. And I'm, you know, still having my daughter in high school. And my sister decided to move back from Michigan to California. And I said, maybe you can help me. So she started helping me, Karen. And, um... And then she wasn't really into the, you know, going door to door to all these different hotels and restaurants. And so I kept driving past this little space in Calistoga for about almost a year. And it said for rent, for lease, for lease, for lease. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna call on it. And um, sure enough, I was able to talk uh, the owner into the space and also the city of Calistoga so that they would let me have a little tasting room and art gallery. And the art gallery part is um, also the art for me. My mom's an artist, and um, I said my son's an artist, but for me, art kind of came to me each time I got pregnant. So I was pregnant in 91, and I felt like painting, and um, I had Camille in 2001, and I really haven't stopped painting. So I started painting in 2020, and I really just got the bug and felt the challenge and um, felt really alive when I was painting. And then as I kind of went through um, the loss of um, Tom, painting was really just a savings grace for me. Like therapeutic. A, yeah, it was a place that I could go to and be angry or happy or sad or all of it mixed together. And um, so I thought, I really wanted to do the gallery component and also give other artists an opportunity to hang their art. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of doing that, which is... So no formal training, just... I did, well, I wanted to be part of the self-taught movement, <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, <clears throat> it's on the East Coast. But, um, you know, again, after that loss, I decided I just didn't know anything. and. Um, I enrolled in the Academy of Art in San Francisco. So I started um, 
I get a babysitter once a week and I go down and spend the night and take two classes. And so I started kind of really at the beginning of art school. And it was hard and challenging and um, just kind of moved me forward. So, But hard and challenging is what is your middle name, is what we learned, is that you thrive in that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely had my, one of my teachers, she was so tough, she would, um, she made a lot of people leave and cry, and um, when I survived her class, I, I, my reward was to have, she did these um, silhouettes, and I said, my reward is to have you do my silhouette, because I made it through, Yeah, she was, she was tough. That's good. There's that determination that gets you through the most challenging moments. Um, from everything you've shared, it's clear that Tom is a monumental figure in your life experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about what was he like? Ah, uh, it's still tough. He's a boss. Um, and he was a loss for a lot of people. He loved the Napa Valley. And it's, it's terrible that I still grieve his loss so much. Um, he just was a, he was like magic. He, he, he loved the Napa Valley. He loved the people. He loved the, the vines. He loved the magic of food and wine and um, community and uh, conversations that happened over the table. And uh, he was a philosopher, so he was a bit romantic and, uh, and a really crazy hard worker and uh, a true believer. He used to always say he was a true believer. Whatever he got behind, he was 100% behind. And, uh, you know, I think everybody in, this, in the area that knew him uh, felt lucky. Sounds like his spirit lives on. I mean, when that continuity that you were able to facilitate despite how excruciating it is to be reminded. I'm sure everything reminds you of him. Well, the label was really an opportunity to continue to celebrate him. Yeah. Uh, that was really kind of part of the real main part of it. And then um, that's why George, I have a very brave and wonderful husband now who, um, doesn't drink <laughs> so he's always my designated driver which is fantastic and he has come to love this community and his family has moved up here mm -hmm. and um, and the craziest thing is with COVID we are back yeah we have um we've moved back permanently to the Napa Valley and so it's really exciting and it's been a kind of a big circle of a journey so I feel home that's good. There's so much love there, the way that you speak of Tom and 
everything that surrounded the two of you just it was almost like an ecosystem it was an interesting time um a lot of travel. I used to tell people I jogged my life. I was always moving at a shuffle because there was a lot going on. Um, it was a really busy time. And I, it's still been a busy time. I'm still a busy person. You came to our first Kemi social. Yes, that was pretty and, uh, extraordinary. That was a, kind of an idea. Of, we put this kitchen in because I have a really hard time having wine without food. I just really believe in the synergy of food and wine. And uh, opening this tasting room and then having just wine just didn't feel right. Um, and I also think like, it's what I was saying, uh, what happens w over the table. It's about the conversations that you embark on the journey once you're having food and wine and you're talking and, whether there's music involved, and I love having live music, that art, you know, it's called Kemi Art and Wine. And art for me, I'm all stuffed up, excuse me. <laughs> but art and wine for me is, um, it encompasses it all. It's um, the art of the winemaking, the farming, but the art in general of the chef, the food, the farmer, the artist, the painter, the photographer, the musician, the poet. We actually have a poetry reading here this Sunday at um, 6.30. With, uh, there's a poet who moved into town and he's been teaching some poetry here. Writing, um, sculpture. I just feel like uh, wine is like the kind of like can be this kind of foundation for all of this uh, beauty. Um, the kind of the, I want to say like this, it brings it all together, the amalgamation or something, I think that's yeah. going to be the word. Um, the so fusion, that, perhaps. Fusion, yeah. yeah, that's what it is kind of for me. So trying to figure that out and having chefs come in here and giving them an opportunity to cook something different than they would cook normally at their restaurant is kind of a concept. And uh, well, that's what we're trying to do. We're still finding, figuring it out. So, you guys that are listening, you might have seen some of the food movies like Babette's Feast, or oh, yeah. like Water for Chocolate, oh, yeah. or Tortilla Soup. There's not enough of them. I complain I about them. it bitterly, but there's one common characteristic. It's the transformational piece of it. When perfect strangers come together at a communal table, yes. what happens? Things change, you yeah. know. There's the breaking of the bread. Yes. Right? And you become a better version of yourself somehow. Somewhere so. between the first bite and the next and the next, all of a sudden you evolve in real time. Yeah. And you relate to people differently. That better version of yourself is relating to the other person's version of themselves that's present here and now. Oh, yeah. Um, I was trying to think. One of them... One of our bottles, I think, is a quote. Trapper chooses them all. I wish I could remember them all. Oh, it's a Virginia Woolf quote, and that is our 17. Can you write it? Let's see if I can. Hit stop for a second. So the quote is from Virginia Woolf, and it's language is wine upon the lips. I love yes. that. It's just so simple, but I think it's. 
it's uh, true, so true. It's very, very true, and it did happen that night. I saw the transformation with my very own eyes. The guests just became this really wonderful characters and the play that you orchestrated so beautifully. You're like a consummate facilitator. I was trying to um, put together a group that would be creative, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of just was lucky. Just, it was a, but maybe the next one will be the same. We're hoping to maybe have another one in November. Yeah, it was very diverse and very creative and very interesting and such bright, beautiful personalities. There was something here that felt like magic, to borrow a word from you. It definitely wasn't common. The way people related to each other and to themselves, both internal and external, and the environment and the gracious hospitality. Um, You have to experience it to believe it. No words that I can put to this would ever adequately rise to that occasion because when we walked in the back, especially after dinner, and Mm -hmm. saw that cheese and chocolate display, it was an Alice in Wonderland moment. Oh, good, good. It was supposed to be a little bit of a surprise, so we don't want to give it away. You have to come to one of the Kemi socials to... Yes, and you do have to because it truly is unlike anything you would have ever experienced. It's very, very special. Thank you. Um, Well, you've created so many opportunities, visual, visceral, audio. I mean, everything about your brand, about your business, about this gallery, about your wine tells a story. We have great art on the walls right now. Michael Roche, who's just an amazingly talented artist in so many ways, architect. happy to have his art on the wall and then we have a artist from Dominican Republic Carmen Deno and just a talented woman and then sometimes I'll show my work and sometimes we'll show Trevor's work my son and um, other local artists in the area we've had I think like six six different artists and um, in our little wee time that we've been open COVID kind of was put a damper mm-hmm. we've been two years in this space but um kind of feels more like one indeed um, what medium do you like to work in so i prefer working in oil i've been working in acrylic right now because i don't have my air flow totally together but i so i work in both acrylic and oil mm-hmm. and i'm hoping to bring some um some life drawing slash painting back here in the fall and um open up the space to some other artists that I know that will maybe we'll do some collaborative work and um, so I'm I'm excited for that where does that spirit come from in you that generosity that inclusiveness when you want to galvanize the talent in your community and not just this be a showcase of your work which there's plenty of talent right there you could have stopped why invite all these other individuals one of the things that I've um been learning a little bit is that um well for me I came into art later I wish I would have had the you know the the sight the insight to know that I wanted to be an artist younger um I was such a worker you know I mean like I felt like I was waiting tables and I I needed to like kind of follow on my dad's step which was more business 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 and and so the art came later 
But what I found is that people that I've met that art came earlier to them, they have found their way into art that they can live and eat off of, and they forget that they were these, you know, fine artists, fine artist dreams. And so it's been really fun to meet some of them and say like, you can have your show on these white walls. And what happens is then they believe it. It's such an emotional thing being an, being an artist. You put your heart and soul into everything and, it, and whatever medium it is. It's, it feels like magic sometimes when it happens. And so the artist can be really afraid of letting that go and that it won't come again. And um, I know with Michael, he was afraid that he would sell. And if he sold, that then his art would be gone. And that's a feeling that um, every artist goes through. They're letting like a, a, a baby go. But then they start to feel, you know, the excitement of sharing. And I think for me, like sharing, the, sharing this amazing space is so exciting. I, I love it. So your fulfillment comes from sharing from facilitating other people finding like little ways oh super amazing i i got to have my art um down in palo alto the first time in, in, in a gallery down there and it was just like i i was so in awe that i could have that experience and so being able to share that is really fun for me super fun for me people come here when guests visit Obviously, this is such a beautiful space, and you guys will see the photos, so it make more sense, but um, it's also a little intimidating. You walk into an art gallery, right? And art and wine has that in common. It's this kind of a very nebulous, both of them, mediums, when you feel like you have to have an understanding or prior knowledge. Oh, and I wish, we're always trying to drag people in. It does, I think, uh, you know, I love it on Saturday mornings. Uh, we open early because of the Calistoga Farmer's Market. And little kids are not afraid to come into an art gallery. And they will drag their parents. Right now our show is so colorful and they just want to come in. And they want to look at the art. And so I, I really encourage you know people to come in and just look at the art. You don't have to taste the wine. You can just come and look at the art and walk out. Um, I think it's... Um, I don't want it to be that way. I want it to. I want people to just feel like they can just kind of stroll in with their coffee on their way to the farmers market. They don't. There's no. It's just an opportunity to appreciate the art. Wow, what a what a phenomenal value added for local community and people that are visiting. All of a sudden, there's this welcoming space where you can just stroll in with your coffee and not feel like you have to perform. Right, yeah. And we have on the weekends, we have a great musician. His name's Chris Borland, and he just plays this um, amazing flamingo guitar. It's really fun. I think his, his music is super playful and that people are kind of drawn to it. And the next thing you know, they're in the space and drinking wine and talking to the table next to him and it's fun right it starts to get to be kind of a fun atmosphere do you spend a lot of time here i'm here i'm 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 here a lot i'm not here all the all day long every day but i'm here a lot so there's a <laughs> and good i'm painting in the yeah. back my yeah. art studio is in the back so i'm painting as well so yeah i'm here a lot 
<laughs> so there's your chance to actually meet the source. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> All yeah! The excitement. Yeah, I'm I'm going to make a little sign that says "artist in the back," and then you can call. Oh, that's so lovely. What are you working on currently? Actually, I my daughter had an internship in in New York, and I went and saw Vincent the. Uh-huh the kind of the show about Vincent van Gogh and when I came back I realized that I had an old vase that I carried like 26 years ago from Provence and it's just the same one like Vincent's and so I thought I have sunflowers in my garden I'm gonna have my own Vincent moment so I have a couple uh sunflower paintings that I'm playing around with right now my goodness I can't wait to see it oh I'll show you. It's revealed. I'll show oh my goodness <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited it's definitely one of my favorite artist, so I can't wait to see your interpretation. Um, you said something interesting early on, you said a lot of interesting things, but one of the things stood out was you said your life was very layered. Like you lived a lot of different experiences, sometimes maybe like parallel, sometimes it felt like a whole other separate piece, right? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm uh, 55 years old, and I've, you know, I could be 85 years old, but um, I'm on. And she uh, looks 29. <laughs> I'm in another. Um, I'm in another period of my life, and it's. It, I, I feel. I feel lucky. I feel lucky, and um, I'm just. I'm. I'm an empty nester, so I had my my kids young, and so I'm enjoying this opportunity to have a little more time for myself. And um, of course, I'm busy. I'm busy with the wine and the art. But it's exciting, and I'm working with wonderful women. I love the women. We're really all women, but John, our winemaker, he says he lives in a house with three girls and his wife, so he's, he's very good with women. But I love working with these women, and it's really um, it's exciting, and they are so smart. And um, so it's, it's, uh, it's really exciting. If you were to mentor let's just say give advice to somebody who is just starting out either in the art of wine world or somewhere in between to just try to find themselves what would you say to them well art or wine world art's hard mm-hmm. so um, I would say what my art teacher said when do you like to work do you like to work during the day or do you like to work at night do you want to wait tables or bartend or be a roofer or you still have to find that job that um, will pay your rent while you paint and if you're going into the wine industry if I had started well I started really young and I came up through sales I would have loved to have had some time in a winery mm. um, I have good friends at Terrace's winery Tim and Sharon Crawl and um, they let me use the power washer and clean some barrels and we actually made a little um, barrel of wine in 2008, the year Tom died, with Craig Williams and um, it was a really fun, uh, you know, that was also a touching time but it was a fun experience actually, you know, just being part of the whole winemaking process and then um, we have a great um, Pina Vineyard Management manages mm-hmm. our vineyards and just Justin Legion is this young man who is just super bright and um, he's so in touch with um, green farming and taking care of the vineyards and I love I, I, I kind of have an interest in, in 
more of that, you know? And so I would say if you were a younger person, like yeah. get into the vineyard, get into the winery, and then maybe get out into the sales part of it. So production is where all the fun is at. I, mean, I, hard, I think it's really, really hard work. Yes. But I think it's really good to see the whole process, you know, and uh, be part of it. How do you see the future of your brand, like, down the road? What does it look People like? People ask me if I want to grow it. I think I just want to keep doing it as, as you know, John says, like, we just want to make a really good wine. And, um, and uh, you know, make the best wine that we can make. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, there are some days when I think it's hard, and then other days... I have a glass of wine and it tastes so good and and uh, I don't know. You know. Just keep plugging along. What do you like to drink at home? Like, is it pretty diverse? Is it contextual? Is it mood driven? Like, what what does Lori have? Oh well, right now I'm drinking Saints Saintsbury, and it's their their Pinot. Uh, I did Pinot Blanc, Pinot mm. Grenache, mm. yeah, and um, it's just a perfect summer wine, and um, Dick Ward, Ricardo is a really good friend of mine, and Tom's, and Linda, his wife, is a really good friend, so it's fun to drink that wine, and I tend to like to drink my friends, is what I say. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, that's definitely... Kind of what I do, trade wine with friends, and I, you know, I drink, I drink a lot of red wine, but in the summer I like to drink white wine, different white wines, a little sparkler. I tried um, Whitehall Lane is making a new sparkler right I now. I just heard, yes, it's delicious. It's very light, it's light in color, and it's um, low in alcohol. It's just really fresh. I had some of that on Saturday night. Wow, sounds fantastic. No, I'm thirsty for it. I just learned about it from Tom Leonidinium. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I'm sure you know him. So yeah. he was very excited about it, so I need to stop in and sample. Oh, you should. It was really delicious. And that's another... Jackie and I had babies at the same time. Um, our daughters were yeah. born a month apart. Tom's wife. And, um, yeah, and that's... That's uh, the Napa Valley. Everybody's in this industry and somehow whether you're running a restaurant and you're pouring somebody's wine or you're you know growing your own grapes and making wine and that's what's moving this whole napa valley i hope it rains more next year yes but you're right i mean you mentioned early in the conversation two degrees of separation you know that whole analogy of course kevin bacon seven degrees in napa i'm not even sure that it's two. It's like a half. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's very, very close-knit community. Um, besides art and being in that creative mode and really expressing who you are, and I'm sure your family and kids and your wonderful husband, what, what else? What else makes Lori happy? I read a lot. I'm reading a crazy book right now that is like I want to like go in a hole and just like finish it. So I'm a big book reader. I'm in a book club. I, I cook a lot. I love to cook. So right now my garden has 12 foot tall. I mean, the biggest sunflowers I've ever grown. They look like giant giants. 
and I have tomatoes and basil and shishito peppers and zucchini and yellow squash. I'm making pesto every day and I'm loving the late summer garden. Our heirloom tomatoes are just coming on and um, so that's fun. Um, I'm supposed to be figuring out um, more things that I like to do instead of work, but I like to be busy. So, you know, finding time to paint, finding, spending time with friends, um, over a glass of wine. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Palette Exposure featuring Alona Thompson. We'll see you again next week.